Hi there, my name is Josh and welcome to my podcast. I believe that anything worth doing is worth doing God's way. And at this podcast, we're going to learn how simply and practically we can apply God's ways to our everyday life. So today uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about music. Uh, music tends to be a gray area a lot um, in salvation and understandably so because when you look at the Bible, it doesn't seem to directly address matters to do with music and the likes and so there tends to be a lot of conversation and debates around this matter but i don't think it should be something that we should debate about because when we debate so much on these aspects it takes our focus away from the big things the, the things that we should actually be focusing on however you cannot fake that indeed um, the influence of music is so strong in our day-to-day. I believe that before you even listen to this podcast, you probably listen to a song, and even afterwards you listen to another. And so music is really a part of our day-to-day lives, and so as such, it should be treated with the seriousness that it does deserve. And today, just right at the gates, when you talk about secular music as a whole, it's again calls for a bit more of a definition because yes, secular music means without God, but at the same time, there are those things that tend to be very neutral, educational songs, Christmas songs, and the likes are those things that are very, very neutral. And again, I'm not going to be discussing about that today. What I want us to discuss is more about the aspect of evil music, music that draws us away from God, things that the topics, the conversations are going in the songs that tend to draw us away from that. And I'd like you to listen to this for the fact that you clicked on this episode. It means that you're interested in this particular topic. And I'd like you to listen to this with an open heart. Now, what I will share, again, I've listened, coming to this topic, I've listened to very many conversations about this thing. Is it a sin? Is it not? Is it? There's so many things that I've heard out there, and very many of them are beneficial, very many of them have helped me, but nothing has impacted me more than one particular instance. And I hope that as you listen to this with an open heart, this will be maybe add or help you in your own walk, because I'm only going to mainly talk about one particular aspect and its impact in our own spiritual lives. Remember, we have to discuss simple truths for everyday living. So let me give you my story, my backstory, a little bit about music. Then I'll talk about the story and illustration for today. So I grew up a fan of music for a very long time and I'm still a big fan of music till today. So much so that even at some point in my life, believe it or not, I actually wanted to be a rapper. I think at the time when I had this little dream of mine, I was like 11 or 12. I was like, for real, it was a big deal for me. And uh, bless my parents, they were very, very supportive of me, my little dreams at that time. And I had a friend and this, we had a group who said, this is, uh, I remember it called ourselves B.O.G., Boys of God. That was, our, that was our title. So embarrassing, so cringy. But that was our thing at the time. And um, we even went ahead. I remember I had a little tape recorder at the time, a very, very small tape recorder. And there was a neighbor who used to make beats. I remember he gave me a CD that had instrumentals and I used to write lyrics to them and all that. And so music was a really big deal of mine. And at that time, I remember now, I used to listen to a lot of Eminem. And the interesting thing was I would listen to Eminem, listen to how he'd flow and how he'd do his thing. And I would take his lyrics and his style of doing it and then write my own music like him. 
but I'll be like, no, I'm doing it now for Christ. I'm doing I'm in the music, but I'm doing it for Christ. Okay. So that was the thing. So I grew up listening to a lot of those musicians, especially I'm a big fan of hip hop till today. And so I used to listen to a lot of um, hip hop artists, Kitambo. Yeah, I enjoyed Eminem, Lil Wayne and the likes, uh, Jay-Z, all those guys. That was my forte. That was my thing back in those days. And, um, in fact, I remember I was a big fan of actually Soldier Boy. The second time is they had a big hype. And right around that time when Soldier Boy was hitting, I came across this movie. And first things first, before I talk about that movie, listening to the music, it always, in my heart, I always used to feel that I'm not doing the right thing by listening to these, these particular guys. Because those guys, it was, I mean, we know what uh, those guys are all about. And so... I knew it was not something that was good for me. I knew it was not something that was acceptable, even for my parents. And so I used to listen to it in secret. I remember I used to, Kitambo, we didn't have our phones that to download music. We just had um, these tape recorders. We used to have like um, those radios. You could put a tape inside and dub music. So when radio plays, the song that you like, you hit record, it records, and then you keep it. That's what I used to do. And uh, I used to always time those songs and get them. And so it was a big deal for me. But I used to always listen to them in secret because I used to feel like I'm not doing the right thing. It didn't feel like it was the right thing. And and I remember even when I was trying to pray, for example, you'd pray, but those songs are just playing in your head. And one time I came across this movie uh, years later. And I, I continued with that trend, but even till the time when I got a laptop, I used to have a lot of a lot of songs and all. And I remember just to balance things out, I used to have a, a, a folder written gospel music. So all the songs <laughs> had those secular evil songs. And then I'd have like a, a folder point to gospel. At least, you know, do my, my due diligence with God. At least your balance, your worship and the likes. And um, that was my life. One time, um, it's in the afternoon, and I come across this movie that was on TV. I don't know what drew me to the movie, but I remember I actually caught the movie when it had already started, but I got the meat of it. So I'll give you the plot. The movie was called Suing the Devil. And the plot about this movie was there was this guy who was a lawyer. He had a wonderful family, but at one point, his wife, I believe it was his wife and his child, died in a car accident, and he was devastated. He was so devastated about this event that he blamed the devil for what had happened. And he was so angry with the devil. He said, why would the devil do this thing to me? He was angry and he said, you know what? I'm going to sue the devil for what he's done to my family. Because I know that all the evils on the earth, they're caused by the devil. And so as a result, I'm going to look for whatever he is. I'm going to call him to court and I'm going to sue him. I know it sounds absurd, but it's a really good storyline. He goes to the court and says, um, judge, I want to file a lawsuit against the devil. So, of course, the judge is like, what are you talking about? They said, no, 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 I'm serious about this. This guy killed my wife and I want to sue him for what he's done. I want to actually sue him for all the evils that he's done to the earth today. But he saw how serious he was and said, okay, fine. We're going to set a date for, I think it's called an arraignment, uh, a court date. And if you can bring the devil to the court, we are going to have a trial. I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do that. And so this guy went ahead to look for the devil. He went to every strip club. He went to the bars. He went to wherever. And so he put the flowers everywhere, everywhere. And so the word caught wind in the city. People are like, hey, this guy is actually suing the devil. This guy is being for real. 
suing the devil and so it caught the attention of the media and the news media and it and it spread all around and he was telling guys in the interviews tell the devil he has a court date he needs to come to court and i'm going to sue him sour sour so the the so the day of 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 beckoning arrives the day the court date is set and the news media is there they want to see will the devil actually show up will he show up to the court date and unexpectedly some guy turns up he's wearing black shades he's wearing a black suit head to toe and he walks in he's i believe he's an english actor this guy and he walks into the court and says yeah i'm the devil i heard you were looking for me I said yeah i'm coming to sue you long story short they go they have a trial they talk and they do all manner of things the devil is defending himself this guy is doing his thing and the interesting thing was i think it was a three-day trial or something of the sort and the interesting thing was this guy started to win. His case was actually holding water. And the devil got pissed off. He was so angry that this guy was doing this. And so at one point, he just got angry, stood up, and started to talk. He started having a part of the movie. He started having a monologue. And this is what the monologue was saying, as I remember. I remember it quite vividly, but this is the meat of what he said at one point. He said that, you see, what happened was at one point, I made a sound. And this sound that I made was so beautiful. The human beings loved it. They couldn't help but love it. I put it in techno, I put it in hip hop, I put it in all manner of genres, and they loved it. And the reason why I made this sound was to stop people from hearing the voice of God. Wow. I tell you the truth. That statement struck me so hard. It struck me to my core. It struck me so hard that the moment that movie finished, I was telling you I had music in my laptop, I deleted all of them, all of them. And my thirst for that kind of music ceased from that day till today. That word burned in my heart for so long that I was like, I know I'm going to need God's voice. I know I need to hear his voice. And I know my experience in prayer whereby I'm trying to pray, but the songs just keep playing in my head. They just keep playing in my head and it loses my concentration. And I have to try and block that music out first before I can focus on my prayer time. And I remember that. And I was like, if this thing is going to block me or stop me from hearing the voice of God, especially at critical moments. And I remember this time I was like, but I was like, I was probably about... 16 or 17 years old as i was relatively young but it really struck me that i would need the voice of god at some point in my life i do need it every day of my life pretty much and if this was going to stop me from hearing his voice then it simply was not worth it and so my thirst for that evil music ceased from that particular day but you see in this day and age the quality of music has continued to grow and we're no longer in the age of Walkmans and dubbing music as well. We have access to as much as we'd like to do so. And it calls for us to be a lot more responsible over the things that we listen to. We talked about it in the last episode. We talked about how we can't go ahead and do everything that we want to do, when we want to do it and how we want to do it. It calls for us to be very, very diligent and jealous about our own spiritual lives. Because the blood that was shed for us was so costly it was so costly so costly that if what we do 
causes us to not enjoy his voice, to enjoy access to what he died for. I mean, he died so that we could have a relationship with our father, that we could have that communion with him. And if what we do, that song that we listen to, is what is going to hinder us from hearing the voice of God, then the question is, is it really worth it? But what I want us to understand today is that we are in a battlefield. We are in a battlefield. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the devil isn't hiding that much anymore. If your eyes are truly open, you will see the evil in the day. You will see it for yourselves in the things that we listen to specifically. He's no longer hiding it. He's no longer hiding witchcraft anymore. He's no longer hiding the habits and what he's talking about. And you see, with every battle in history, every great battle began with a sound. Every great battle began with a sound. Somebody spoke something. There was a chant. Every time, if you look at armies, they tend to have a chant. There's a war cry that they do before they go out to war. There's that chant that they do. If you look at football, for example, the World Cup is just about to come. And before World Cup begins, the national anthem is played. For each country, the national anthem is played. And every country sings its own anthem before the battle begins. I don't know what happened along the way that we started to dance to the tune of the enemy's chants. When we started to dance to the tune of the enemy's battle cry, we found ourselves dancing in this camp we found ourselves engaging. We found the music sweet. And so we decided to go ahead and enjoy and join in to this tune. But what we don't realize is this. If we are joining in with the chant of the enemy, well then we are right in the battle zone. We are in his camp. And we are not with him. We are still against him. But we are dancing to his tune. And that puts us at an obvious risk of getting hit. It makes us a much easier target to the enemy. Because if all he has to do is give you something so entertaining that you won't hear the voice of God at a critical moment, that you won't hear the voice of God concerning your, your future spouse, concerning the life of your children, concerning the place you need to go to in terms of your career, in terms of your work, the business you need to start. If you can't hear the voice of God, especially in those critical moments of your life, then he's won. Then the battle was so easy and all we had to do was just dance in his camp and dance to his tune. I know it's a hard and a tough pill to swallow, but here we discuss simple truths. I'll leave you this story that will illustrate this quite well. Long, long time ago, um, in primary school, we had our library there and, and I used to enjoy going to the library and read a lot of these tales, these, these fairy tales and these stories. And there's one particular story called the Pied Piper. And the Pied Piper in hindsight was a very creepy story. <laughs> it actually was a very creepy story, thinking about it now. But at that time, it was just another story for me. But it's one of those stories that I never forgot. So I researched about the Pied Piper a little bit more and I realized that the, the story of the Pied Piper um, is actually an old story from about the 1200s, back, back in the day, and it comes from Germany. So the Pied Piper was a man who was known to play the, the pipe. He used to play the flute really, really well. And when he played the flute, it had the power to draw rats, to draw rodents, okay? Like that was his job. So he could get rid of rodents simply by drawing them with the music and taking them somewhere. And so there was a particular town in Germany that had a problem with a rat infestation. It had a big problem with the rat infestation. 
And so this guy came and made a proposition to the king and said, I have this gift. I can play the flute really, really well. And when I play the flute, rodents actually dance to that tune. They actually are drawn to the tune. So I propose that if you will pay me for my services, I will play the flute and I will draw them and take them away. And the king was like, fine, if you can actually do that, I will pay you for your services. And said, okay, fine, great. So they agreed. So the next day, the guy comes out and true to his word, he plays the flute. He plays the flute and he draws the rats away and takes them to the river and they all went and drowned. Now the guy comes back to the king and he's clearly seen that things have been done. But the king now says, ah, partner, I'm not going to pay you. In fact, I think you're the one even who put those rats there in the first place. You did it so that you could exploit us, isn't it? And this girl was pissed. It's like, I thought we had agreed. I thought we had agreed that this is what was going to happen. But he said, no. So the story goes that he was paid very, very little. Very much, much less than what they had agreed on. And the Pied Piper was furious. He was so furious that he said, okay, fine. He promised that he was going to come back and he was going to revenge on the city. So he went back. And um, so he went and came back, I think it was on a Sunday. And on that Sunday, the people are in church and the children are out playing. So when the children are out playing, the guy played the flute. What they didn't know was that he could play the flute so well that children were also drawn to it. He could play the flute in a way that would draw children as well. And that's exactly what he did. So he played the flute and the children were attracted to it. They couldn't help but follow him. And they followed him and they followed him and they followed the Pied Piper. And the story goes that there are different tales, but the story goes that he went to them and those kids were never seen again. A very, very creepy story, but a story that paints a picture. The, the story goes ahead and says that there were three children who one was lame, one was blind, and one was deaf. So the lame one couldn't move fast enough, the blind one couldn't see where he was going, and the deaf one couldn't even hear the music in the first place, but they knew what was happening and they told it to the parents. And so the thing about this story is this. The Pied Piper today is the devil himself. And he has a flute. And that flute are the instruments and the different people that he uses to spread his tune. And the thing is this, the music was never meant for the children of God. We found ourselves dancing to his tune, drawn away from the things of God, drawn away from fellowship with him. And you see, that is a very dangerous place to be at. We have to take stock of the things that we listen to. We have to take stock of the things that we place in our ears because the reality is this. One thing that I've come to see with music, it usually and almost always sets the standards in our lives. It sets a particular standard in our life. A mentor of mine once told us, he said that nothing that you engage with, no information that you engage with will leave you neutral. It will either move you on one to the left or to the right. So something that you listen to, you may call it entertainment, but the reality is it has information. The reality is it has information. It will draw you to one place or another. It may not, it may not cause action immediately, but it will cause something. The scripture says this. There's a scripture in Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2. The King James Version says that, And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet. You see, this paints a picture concerning words that are spoken. With every word, carries a particular spirit and that spirit carries an agenda that is to be done when it is spoken when it is received it sets you upon your feet meaning it pushes you towards an action 
there's a deliberate attempt behind every song to make you think, feel, and eventually do something as a result of that listening experience. So at the end of the day, the real question we should be asking ourselves is, what am I being driven towards? How? How will this impact my faith, my standards, and my general thought process? Music plays too big a part in our lives for us to treat it casually. So take what you feed yourself with the seriousness it deserves. It may be a great area in the Bible. Yeah, it may, it may seem that way. And all things pertaining to it may be permissible. But as Paul asked, is it beneficial? Thanks so much for listening to this particular episode. I'm very grateful for your time as always. And I look forward to seeing you next week. As always, you can reach out to me via the number that is in the description. I look forward to hearing from you and to seeing you again next week. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode all the way to the very end. I'm very grateful for your time. If this touched you in any way, please feel free to share it with a friend. And if you'd like to take it a step further and contribute to this channel, you can look at the description that is in the bio to see different ways on how you can do so. See you next week. God bless.